Into the Garden podcast, the dawn and break of a new day, a new beginning, a turning point, a new importance, a new possibility to say, oh taste and say how good and how gracious the Lord has been to you and to me. We welcome the break of newness, of freshness, the breakthrough, the breakthrough, the splendour of fragrance, that aroma that speaks and gives off an anointing sweet essence, you say. A sweet is the promise that God will never leave nor forsake thee. Join me on into the garden. Sometimes things happen unexpectedly, you know, suddenly. And you not sure whether you should pinch yourself, but you know, I'm gonna go ahead right now and pinch myself <laughs> and say an awesome, heartfelt thank you. Yes, with indeed so much gratitude in my heart. For what happened today, what transpired today, being over the airwaves on Radio CCFM, being interviewed today. So, all glory to God. So, come, hop on over, come with an expectant heart. You're in the company of Into the Garden with your host, Salome Jacobs. Hola, buenas tardes. Como esta? Ni hao, jun dobri. Bruno jinata, sin chao, guten tag. Sawadika. Anyong hashong, kudum mudok, merba, bonjour, ne tod. To those close by, not forgetting you. Overland and sea. You who are far and wide, thank you for joining us. Thank you for tuning in. To you we want to say, join us in that ethereal presence, that omnipotent presence, that tranquil, peaceful presence, where hearts are mended and lives are restored. You might join us today feeling perhaps heavy laden, but when you leave, you feel at ease. So join me today in the very heart and soul of Into the Garden today. And mind you, we don't have a theme for this slot. And we are trusting God, myself and Carmelita. But usually on a Thursday we have food for your... Food for thought in your reality, isn't it? But today Carmelita is speaking to you and me about a topic 
inspirational topic. Who is the enemy? And like I said, join us. Phone a friend, invite him or her and say, come along now. Join in. But quickly dash up to the kitchen for a decadent, refreshing cup of tea or coffee, glass of water, juice, whatever it is that you prefer, then make haste. Join us. For up next is common litter rain. Right down into the garden. Who is the enemy? Shalom and a very happy small Friday to you. It's peculiar calm back on Sassy Soul Sister, friend of God. <sighs> so today I want to start by asking a few questions. So I want to ask us these questions. Yes, I'm a part of this too. And then I'd like us to introspect. Who is the enemy? What does it mean to feed your hungry enemy? What does feeding the enemy do? How does it make you feel to feed your enemy? I'm certain of this. I've called others my enemy. And I know that I've been called an enemy and experienced as an enemy by many before. And I will probably be seen as an enemy to any unhealed person. The funny thing about being unhealed, and I know this, I know this so well, because I've lived as an unhealed child of God for many years, trapped in cycles, facing mountains, and having the same victim response on the surface. Meanwhile, under the surface, what I couldn't see is that my hurts were spaces that the enemy lived in, that the enemy grew in, that the enemy thrived in, and that the enemy operated out of. It can be compared to having a wound. So, you know, as the wound hurts, when we clean it, you just want to clean and treat around the surface. But what happens is the bacteria infiltrates and the wound becomes septic. And in some cases, infection spreads, causing more pain and discomfort. And in some extreme cases, there's a loss of limb. In other cases... There's even death. Just type into your search engine, untreated wounds, neglected wound care. Just look at those gross images. Just read some of those stories. Now, imagine this picture is exactly what happens to an unhealed soul. Imagine yourself in pain. Imagine yourself in discomfort because of this wound that you have, right? 
and your countenance changes and the pain controls you either you're now addicted to the pain medication so you're dealing with an addiction on top of this pain or the pain medication makes you tired or this pain just stops you from doing all the things that you were once able to do you don't have the mobility or it's causing a strain because it's a financial drain it's chronic medication whatever it may be just picture yourself in there you're now miserable controlled by pain controlled by medication you're snappy hmm. this is what it feels like to deal with someone with a spiritual wound or wounds they are a nightmare and often we label them as the enemy are they really the enemy like are they really the enemy were you and I really the enemy when we acted out of places of insecurity jealousy hurt rejection or maybe you haven't done anything like this before but I know I have was I really the enemy when I acted out of these places let me ask those questions again who is the enemy what does it mean to feed your hungry enemy what does feeding the enemy do how does it make you feel to feed the enemy allow me to share my personal journey and the answers of my heart a while ago i was an enemy to anyone that was in disagreement with me to anyone that I had a misunderstanding with to anyone that was rude or hurtful towards me to anyone that hurt me that was an enemy yes that person was my enemy and often I don't know why we do this you know we inherit the enemies of our friends the enemies of our family so we go off and we spread the offense and everybody just doesn't like that person because now we're inheriting enemies so yeah i inherited enemies i also gave my enemies on to other people because when i was hurt those close to me were hurt and because that person did the hurt that person was everybody's enemy I don't know about you, but like I've had those deep conversations with people, calling other people by name. I said, that's the enemy, you know. I've even had some salty posts on my social media accounts speaking, or not necessarily naming and shaming, but speaking about the things that my enemies had done to me. Real trauma and hurt do exist and I'm in no way excusing these things. But what I want to speak about, what I am saying here is we need to recognize the real enemy. Ephesians 6, 12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places 
1 Peter 5 verse 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, goes around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And maybe you think that that post has nothing to do, or that particular scripture has nothing to do with you, because ah, I don't drink alcohol. But I think the context of being sober was be clear-minded. Be clear and healed in the spirit of your mind, in your soul. Be healed in the realm of your soul. So that you're not drunk on your emotions. So that you are able to be vigilant. So that your eyes are not clouded by the tears that you constantly cry and the things that you constantly see because your thoughts are affected by your unhealed soul. The truth of the matter is, we all have the same enemy. It's amazing how we have the same enemy, yet we can't be unified. We have the same enemy who is still able to divide. This the enemy in this particular day has come upon the earth with great fury because he knows his time is short. He hasn't openly shown himself as the demon or the devils that we expect to see. But he has been revealed to us just by the th two scriptures that we've read. In fact, through all scripture, he is revealed. Yet it seems as though we actually don't want to fight the enemy. We want to fight the people through which he operates. Just like God needs vessels like you and me to do his work here on earth, so does the enemy. A couple of months ago, I heard an audible voice, the audible voice of the Lord speaking to me saying, If your enemy is hungry, feed him. That's Romans 12, 20. Let me just read that to you. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. So here I am and the Lord's saying to me, um, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. So I thought, okay, Lord, you're asking me to provide food for a hungry person. It's simple enough. I can do it, guys. Have you ever had to show mercy and grace to someone who is not sorry? To someone who is unable to see themselves as wrong? Listen, I must be very honest. I went right back to Jesus. I went right back to God and I cried and I said, Lord, you're asking too much of me. Why do you ask me to do such hard things? But you know me, God. It's impossible for me to be disobedient i will be obedient but i'm just telling you that it's what you're asking of me is too hard and for a long time i struggled i couldn't see past the flesh you know i'd go into prayer and i would come out strong i'd see the remorseless face of the person and forget that the that the enemy is not flesh and feel the feelings even harder than I did before it was amazing man I could feel I could see the face be reminded of what happened and be angrier 
than what I was the first time. Be more disappointed than the first time that it happened. The emotions were magnified in that. And then I was like, Lord, what is the 70 times 7 that you speak of? And why is it so hard? Why is it every time that I'm reminded I'm angrier and I start unraveling all over again? And in that moment, I relearned that I learned that this journey of forgiveness is a process. 70 times 7 is for every time that you remember you must forgive again. The more you do it, the easier it becomes to do it. It becomes your second nature. The more you do it, you're able to move on to the next step. (laughs) Yeah, there is actually a next step. So after we get to that place where we constantly forgive by moving past what we feel, it's a place where you once see that, hey, you know what, I also was a weapon in the hand of the enemy and any unhealed person is essentially a weapon in the hand of the enemy and I can honestly say that I was once a weapon in the hand of the enemy I don't know if you can admit to that too once you see that your brother that your sister that this person around you is acting from a place of being unhealed All you want to do is offer grace, is offer mercy. You know, in the world, we have the saying about the tables turning. And in this week, the Spirit of the Lord was saying to me, when the tables turn, it isn't to deal with your enemy because Jesus defeated Satan, making a public spectacle of him. Sometimes when the tables turn, it is to deal with our own hearts. Are we rejoicing at the misfortune of others, remembering what they did to us, saying things like, yes, the wheel is round. Sometimes we even use the scriptures and say, yeah, you reap what you sow. But a healed heart He understands that even though people reap what they sow, when the person is reaping, the heart feels compassion and the heart feels mercy because we live in the dispensation where mercy triumphs over judgment. This is what the Bible teaches us. But we as a a people, we have vengeful hearts. We want judgment for those who hurt us, and mercy for ourselves. I speak about this because I've been vulnerable, honest, desperate in wanting to be truly healed. And going along this journey, I've learned that true healing comes from true yielding. Yielding is surrendering sometimes the things that have become such an intricate part of our identity. Sometimes we can't see ourselves without the trauma. Sometimes we can't see ourselves without the story. Sometimes we can't see ourselves um, without what happened in our lives. Yielding for me was having to say, you know what, God, what you did for me is greater This isn't 
an easy topic it isn't a thing to an easy thing to talk about because we've been through so much people have been through so much when i do this it's not easy when i do this i'm often at my most weakest but i stand and God is true to his word because his Holy Spirit comes and empowers me to get up. So Father God, I just pray right now for every person that is listening, that has listened, that will listen, Father God. I pray for every person that is struggling with an enemy. I pray for every person, Father. I remember you said, Jesus, you said, Peter, Satan wants to sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for you that you do not fall into temptation. And Father God, you are our high priest who in every ways was tempted as we are, but without sin. So therefore, help your people to come boldly to the throne of grace, Lord God, where they can find mercy in their time of need. Teach us how to be a merciful people, Father God, because you are merciful, you are righteous, you are holy, you are just, O oh Father. Teach us to be a merciful people, just as your mercy you do not withhold from us, O oh Father God. Help those that themselves are struggling to receive their forgiveness, Father God. Break the chains of those who cannot snap out of the things of their past life, God. Help them to receive their mercy. Help them to accept their grace. Join me next week as we discuss part two, the enemy in me. I want to encourage you just to invite the Holy Spirit into your quiet time and journal through these questions in your own life. Who is the enemy? What does it mean for you to feed your hungry enemy? What does feeding the enemy do for you? I bless you in Jesus' name. Goodbye. Enemies. Enemies are a part of life. As sure as the sun is in the sky, you will always have enemies. You will have opposition. You will have naysayers who come only to discourage. I don't know about you, but over the course of my life, I've come to understand that sooner or later, you will face opposition. We all will. And I mean, people that come against us, people that make negative comments, people who are naysayers. And no matter how good of a Christian you are, no matter how much faith you have, sooner or later, there's always one. There's always going to be someone who will attempt to discredit, undermine, or belittle you. So to the believer who says, I can't turn the other cheek. To the believer who says, but my enemies deserve everything coming for them. Well, here's what I would like to say to you. Yes, you have enemies. And enemies can most definitely present problems or challenges. But we are to love like Jesus. We are to forgive like Jesus. 
we are to love our neighbors like Jesus did. And what this means is summed up perfectly in Romans chapter 12. You see, verse 17 to 21 says, Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Saints, let's live in obedience to God's Word. Let's strive to live like Jesus Christ. And that means we repay no one with evil. It means that as much as it depends on us as individuals, we are to live peaceably with all. Let's strive to leave our enemies to God. Vengeance is His. Our part is to be loving regardless of whether they are an enemy or not. We are to remain kind. We are to remain loving. We're to remain humble. The promise that we must hold on to when it comes to our enemies is Psalms 23 verse 5, which reads, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. So your enemies might throw hate. They may gossip and spread lies about you. They may steal or sabotage you. But they can never, they will never, derail God's plan. If the Lord wants to elevate you, He'll do it in the presence of your enemies. If the Lord wants to promote you and lift you up, then saints, believe that he will do that in the presence of your enemies. Let God fight your battles. The way in which we think we should defend ourselves is often not God's will or way. God says, I am your defender. I am your refuge. I am your strong tower. So we think we have to defend ourselves. We think we have to defend our reputation. We think we have to make them respect us. But in doing so, we are saying, God, it's not enough that you said in your word that you will prepare a table before my enemies. It's not enough that you promised to defend me. I would rather take matters into my own hands. You see, if you're constantly trying to defend yourself, if you're constantly taking matters into your own hands, it will drain you. It will drain your energy. It will drain your enthusiasm. And the second thing is, if you're constantly taking matters into your own hands, you'll get distracted fighting battles that you were never supposed to fight. But may I remind you that you don't have to take matters into your own hands. God will defend you. Leave it to him to fight your battles. 
And I want you to raise your belief because every evil wish, every curse, every hex or spell can be broken by the name that is above every name. The name of Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you, brothers and sisters, to lift up your faith and look to the Lord. Lift up your faith and take a stand against the enemy. The Bible said no weapon formed against you shall prosper. It never said no weapons will be formed. No, my dear friends. Weapons will be formed by the enemy, but they will not prosper. Weapons will be formed by the enemy, but they will not affect you in any way, shape, or form. These weapons include words because Isaiah 54 verse 17 says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. But then it goes on to say, And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Really get that. Every tongue. Every tongue that rises against you, child of God you shall condemn. Meaning, you shall denounce. You shall cast it down. Because the Bible then says, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. So claim your heritage and speak the word of God over your life. I had to get to a stage where I had to stop worrying about the negative comments. I had to stop getting drawn into fights, which are real distractions and energy drainers. Often it's the enemy that tries to throw up all of these conflicts. So you'll waste your time and energy involved in battles that don't matter. Yes, you may be a good person and they may be provoking you. Yes, what they're saying about you may not be true. But let me tell you, it doesn't matter how good you are, how loving or kind and upstanding. People are people, and somebody somewhere is not going to like you. Someone is going to try to discredit you. God can defend you better than you can defend yourself. You don't have to try to pay people back or sort them out. The truth is, some people are never going to be for you. No matter what you do, they're never going to like you. I had to get to a stage whereby I said, Lord Jesus, I'm turning this over to you. I'm not going to spend my life worried about what someone else is saying about me. No longer will I waste my energy trying to change another person's mind. But instead, I will focus on the Lord to defend me and fight for me. And when I did that, I found that whenever people try to push me down, God pulled me up. Whenever people try to push me back, my Savior pushed me forward. Those who try to discredit me and make me look bad, the Lord is ever faithful, and He turned what they meant for evil and made it for my good. So let me ask you, why don't you put your battles in God's hands? Why don't you concede and quit spending all your time trying to defend yourself? You have a defender who can protect you better than you can. He knows how to vindicate you. This is what Jesus did. He was disrespected. 
They called him a fraud, a cheat, and an imposter. But the scripture says he made himself of no reputation, meaning he wasn't concerned about having making a name for himself or about his reputation. And you should have the same spirit too. Let God fight the battle. Do you think he doesn't see what's happening to you? God can intervene. The more they keep talking, the more he will elevate you. The more they talk, the more God uses them as your footstool. When they think they're hurting you, the truth is, God will work that for your good. And eventually, you'll see that they weren't hurting you. They were helping you. The Lord will pay you back for what they're saying by taking you to new levels. That's why Psalm 23 says, He will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. That table that God prepares for you is only done in the presence of the ones that try to disrespect you or hold you down. They will see you in a position of honor. They will see you promoted and elevated. That's your defender at work. So leave it to God. Let him fight and deal with that negativity. All the while, you place your trust in him. to the end of this episode season 4 episode 28 thank you for joining us in the very heart and soul of into the garden and thank you to Carmelita Ray Campbell for opening up who is the enemy and sharing with you and me what she has lately been feeling and and going through and so many of us are too and in all essence she brings it across in all simplicity so thank you to you once again and we are looking forward oh yes to part two but before we love and leave you thank you for opening us to our uniqueness thank you for opening us up to our authenticity and keeping it real through laughter through emotions and being and accepting us as our authentic self and this is what into the garden is all about 
women from all walks of life, sharing burdens, pain, our ups and downs. But equipping ourselves through the word, encouraging one another through scripture. And thank you for inviting us into your humble abode. Be it at work, home, in the office, on your lunch break, or wherever you may roam. But we want to say thank you to you for sharing the podcast with friends and neighbours, work colleagues on your various social networks and platforms. But most of all, thank you for sharing the love. And perhaps, you know, you are flying off somewhere. Bon voyage to you, safe journey mercies, and may you be guided and protected. But if there's anyone out there celebrating a birthday or anniversary today or receive news of good cheer, happy birthday to you. Happy anniversary and may God continue to knit you together like only he can do. And for being, for being that beacon of light at home, the glue in the family, uniting the family and keeping it together. And then to those who have received good news, good tidings, congratulations to you too. And not forgetting the ones out there, especially during this time, this season, who have lost loved ones, our heartfelt condolences go out to you too. So thank you once again from all of us here into the garden and as we are soon closing that door to 2022. We salute you. Women with a purpose, women with a call and women with a destiny who will rise and not fall. And remember, don't look back. But step in to your new and no matter what happens around you, you stand firm. Because there is someone out there who is thinking of you, praying for you, holding your hands for you. Until the next time we meet again, take care. Cheerio. Stand firm. And remember that no matter what, the battle is not yours, it belongs to the Lord. Sayonara, disvidinia, adios, dovitinia, ova, barbell, adios. Maslamati, adje, gudigole, gavasti, lakon, taishien, salamatinga, avidazain, arrivederci, anion, spasiba, haved. Until the next time, thank God and say, Ebenezer, thus far you have not only carried me but thus far i have indeed progressed